What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn some new tricks and to find a better way. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. And here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. How's your week going so far? Um, you know what? I got a really killer job offer, and um, there is a second one that I'm very close to, and then I'll be able to compare and contrast and then mm. be employed. So wow. you know, that's a, it's big movement on that. That's a big, that, that is, yeah. that's a big week. Yeah. Congratulations, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm drinking coffee during our uh, podcast time. So that means that we are doing this in the morning. It is yep. 930 AM officially on the dot East coast time. Um, I've got, I've got like one amazing customer that I think will be a good source for this, this, uh, the, the consulting firm. Yeah. If I could find five more, I would be set. But as yeah. of right now, I have one. So I have been kind of spanking the planks going around and dropping cards off at places that, uh, you know, sell the kind of stuff that I am uh, interested in working with and just trying to drum up business. It has uh, been a little trying. Um, but I did actually with my super customer, um, I gave her a discount on our last session, which was yesterday. I, I cut 50 bucks off of one of my hours. Um, because she has a pretty sizable social media following. And I said, if you post a thank you to me on your Instagram to your 7,000 followers, I will cut you, cut you a deal. She was totally down with that. So nice. hopefully a little exposure will help. And in the meantime, I'm, uh, I'm doing what you're doing. I'm applying for work. Yeah. I still haven't had my like sit on my butt and watch TV all day, day yet. Um, you know, I think, um, uh, I'm torn about whether that's worth doing. I, it was, um, it's disorienting and kind of depressing, um, uh, to have that be what you're about for a day. Uh, yeah. but also a good, a good, uh, decompress. And I think, um, you know, if you can find a way to do it, that's not, um, I'm doing this because everything is hopeless. Sure. <laughs> it's probably, probably worth doing. That's fair. Um, you know, there have been times when I've been toying with the idea of setting up a Patreon account for this uh, for this podcast. I don't know if it would necessarily drum up a ton of business, but you know, it has crossed my mind a couple of times. Sure. Um, you know, we we don't put a ton of time into this, but it is time out of our our days, and um, maybe I'll just set one up and and shoot the link out and just see what happens. Yeah. Um, could be something. Could be nothing. Um, yeah. I will say this: I did check our numbers, and it sounds like a few of you took our uh, challenge to task uh, because our numbers are up from last week. Nice. Um, and upon looking through our um, our record, because this is the twenty fifth episode that we've done so far, wow. um, I did check to see that um, the, the the most popular episode that we did which I thought would be the backing tracks one, which it was for a little bit, but the uh, how to find riches in the music industry was the one that really took, uh, took the cake as far as people being interested. So be prepared for more clickbaity podcast episode titles in the future. <laughs> you won't believe this crazy trick to make your podcast numbers go up. Podcasters hate him. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So what does your week look like so far, Dan? Like what's coming up? Well, I got um, on Monday. I have um, essentially the first of of, of a few um, solo acoustic shows on my schedule, and uh, so I've been prepping for that and building a set list and building up some repertoire. Um, 
And it's really the first time I've done that in, in the modern era of my musicianship. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a big shift in terms of, um, um, at least I think it's a big shift. It's one of the things that, that, um, I'm, I'm grateful that we've had a chance to talk about and, and, you know, dig into a little further maybe today about yeah. the, the differences between a band show and a solo acoustic show. You know, I, I predict that it's going to, it's, um, at least the set list that I've set up predicts that it's a, a different energy and a different whole kind of space. Um, I'm guessing that the way that you interact with the audience is different. Mm-hmm. Um, I've certainly seen, seen that in the shows that I've, I've watched. Um, I don't know. What do you, what would you say are the differences between a full band gig and a solo acoustic? Well, because we are very professional and completely plan all of these episodes out to the minute. <laughs> I just so happen to have a, an acoustic gig tonight. Hey, what are the odds? Well, actually, the odds are are, are kind of weird. Um, this was this was an I got a, a text on Monday from a guy um, who typically does an acoustic duo on Wednesday nights, and I filled in for him before, and he reached out again, was like, "Hey, um, can you do this again?" I was like, "You know, I got nothing else going on, so um, that is what we are going to be doing." So th- the the main difference between you know what I what what I do in a band capacity versus what I do in a an acoustic capacity is that the um, there's very there's a lot less overlap uh, material wise. Material is going to be quite different. Mm-hmm. Uh, members only will never play Wagon Wheel, um, but I'll play it. I'll play it tonight. I might play it twice. Um, it's just kind of the uh, and it's also a different set of m- muscles. I. Um, because with a band you've got so much behind you, I tend to sing way harder on acoustic gigs, mm-hmm. um, just because there's nothing there but me. Um, now in this case, this will be a duo, so I'll be backing um, my co-host up. And um, you know th- what we did last time is uh, I gave him my list of songs, um, so he knew what I knew, and then we kind of um, just kind of messed around with some stuff he's like hey just you know follow this and so you know for some of his country tunes which i was not familiar with i just kind of played along and maybe found a spot to drop a a harmony in or or whatever otherwise it was just kind of like you know it was fly by the seat of your pants kind of stuff and it was a good time and um fairly easy money i didn't have to bring much gear and um walked out with some cash so i'm hoping that that's the uh, the case again uh, for tonight. That's good. It's interesting you talk about um, the difference in w- the performance aspect of it. I mean, um, for sure, um, in my prep work, which I've been do- doing a fair amount of, I, I I get what you're saying about singing harder. It's it's you're, you know you're the whole show. The other part is you got to hold the whole groove on guitar. Yeah. Right. There's not a rhythm section behind you that's that you're sort of dancing on top of like when you're a, a guitarist in a band. So, mm-hmm. um, so my playing is way more, uh, percussive, way more, um, um, you know, even my rhythm playing, to, it, it, I'm, I'm accentuating groove harder than I do when I'm playing rhythm with the band. Um, mm-hmm. it's very much, uh, uh, a different, different beast to play guitar. Solo yeah. I mean, that. acoustic guitar playing is a totally different beast because it is mu- a much more dynamic instrument. Yeah. Um, that's the cool thing about electric guitar is that it just makes noise and you just, you know, you, you make, you play a note and it, it goes. And yep. if you want it to be softer, then you do other things. You don't necessarily play harder or, or softer necessarily. And if you play an electric guitar, like you play an acoustic guitar, you're going to break your strings. <laughs> um, yeah. And by, you know, 
if you play an acoustic like you play an electric, you're going to be a super boring uh, person to watch because um, it does have so much. There, there's so much more to work with. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Acoustically. Yeah. Yeah. Just the dynamic range of it. I'm, I'm um, uh, one of my sort of stylistic go tos is palm muting. I'm a, I palm mute a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I use it for dynamics um, in lead playing on electric a lot. So um, yeah. something I'm, I'm sort of, um, that's the, the sort of the low end of the dynamic range on acoustic. And then I've been really exploring the whole, you know, all the way to full, full shadow. I mean, I have a dreadnought that punches like crazy. Um, yeah. And, and um, to the point that I, I have wondered whether I could just forget the PA and just go fully acoustic. I'm not going to do that probably for, you know, mostly for vocal reasons. Um, but, yeah. uh, then you would be, singing, would be singing real hard. Yeah. 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 But the point is, yeah, the, a guitar, an acoustic, acoustic guitar certainly is a, a much more, uh, uh, flexible thing. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I'm sitting around and I, and I'm just, I just want to play guitar, I would much rather pick up an acoustic than, one of my electrics. Now that's not always the, uh, that's not always the convenient thing. Uh, right now my lay around guitar is my, uh, my telly, uh, mostly because there's very little that my three-year-old could do to <laughs> hurt or destroy right. it. It is a plank of wood with strings attached yeah. to it and not much yeah. else. Um, and that does serve a function. Um, I cannot put my tailor out, uh, because he likes to go and turn the knobs uh, and, and, yeah do the things that three-year-olds like to do. And I'd rather him do that on a, um, a $500 Mexican, uh, Cabernet Atelier, um, that is just wood and strings than a, you know, $3,000 tailor that if he knocked over would like more than likely break the headstock off, which would be bad. That'd be bad. So, yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So material is one thing, uh, vocally it's different, uh, playing wise, it's different. Um, it's also, uh, to me, I, I, I prefer it to be a more collaborative experience. Um, and what I mean by that is, is you know, I um, I put song lists out now. Whether people use them or not, kind of varies on depending on the audience. But if you can get those song lists down at tables before you start, it opens the floodgates up a little bit, and it kind of um, it generates this. Um, I ask for something and I give you something and then I'm obligated to compensate you for doing what I asked you to do kind of exchange. So it's a list that you can take requests off of. Yes, Uh it is. Every song I'm comfortable letting people know that I know. Gotcha. Now it's not every single song I know. Um, it's still kind of cool to pull, you know, songs out of thin air. Um, or if you're like, if someone's like, hey, can you play this? You're like, oh, let me try. And you totally know the song. Then that makes them feel like you put the extra effort yeah. in to do a song that's not in your right. list. You know, there's 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 a psychology around the process um, as far as, you know, providing a service and, and that kind of deal. Um, I've also taken it a step further uh, because of the way that our society is today um, and cash tips and that kind of thing. Um, not everybody carries paper money anymore. So I've actually put my Venmo mm-hmm. and my PayPal accounts linked via QR code onto my song lists. Smart. And does, I mean, people use that? That's, that's, uh, some people use it. I have gotten a $50 tip 
Nice. Via my PayPal, right. which was pretty, pretty sweet. Um, and honestly, like, it, I don't, I typically don't get a lot of that, but just a single $50 tip was enough to be like, yeah, I, if that was not there, I wouldn't have gotten right. that. Yeah. That, Cause that I, coach should be I ended there. up talking to that person. <laughs> yeah. I ended up talking to that person and they, they're like, I didn't have cash, but I was willing to, you know, help you out. That's cool. And because I'm in a, a highfalutin part of town, the, uh, the comment under the, uh, the PayPal payment said, have brunch on me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So, yeah. So if you want, if you want to get free brunch, yeah. you, uh, you need to put your PayPal info on your, uh, on your song right. list or don't totally your choice. Yeah. No, it's a really good idea. That's a really good idea. Um, I may not have it together for Monday, but, um, but that's smart. The other thing is, and I still have not done this, is that you probably need to laminate them. Sure. Or otherwise, you print them out over yeah, and over or again. Just have a, yeah, have a lot. I mean, I, I imagine that list, as you adapt songs for acoustic, that list will grow. Yeah. At, at my point, I actually have started to have to. What, what I'm trying to do is to keep it all on one page. Mm. So I have actually systematically removed songs from the list or replaced them. Sure. Um, and that's a, again one of those kind of things like. Um, for the longest time I had blue on black by Kenny Wayne Shepherd uh-huh. on that list. Um, when I started doing this back in the early aughts, uh, I got that request all the time, but now not so much. Hmm. Now, if somebody wants to hear blue on black, I'll play it. Sure. I know it perfectly well, but it's not, it's not top of mind. So, right. um, it hasn't aged as well as some of the other ones. Right. Cool. So, um, what kind of, uh, are you bringing your, your, just your tower PA setup or? Yeah, I'm just going to bring one of them. You know, I have two, um, turbo sound IP 2000, um, thousand watt towers. I'll just bring one of them and I need to experiment a little bit. It's on my agenda today to go down to the practice space and set the rig up. And, um, either Mm -hmm. I will go direct into the back of the speaker, um, which is, has preamps and stuff and it's ready to take just a mic or just a, a direct from a guitar, um, Actually, I think I'm going to go through the. I'm going to use the TC Helicon vocal pedal, um, yeah, and and uh, experiment some with its effects. You know, having a Helix, I haven't really touched the guitar effects stuff, mm-hmm. um, but having a harmonizer that to use subtly, having the looper in that, I think I think that'll. As I prep for this, I'm going to find some places to you know t- tastefully use those things. Yeah. Um, yeah, loopers are we. You know, we covered it last episode. They are a um, they're a tool that can be used, and I've seen them used to fan like unbelievable effect. Yeah. I, I remember seeing a guy, um, did like a whole barbershop quartet on top of like his own vocal loopings. Uh, he ended up doing uh, "Feeling Fine" by Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Um, now it didn't quite fit because it it's got that weird kind of chord change that during the it's a new dawn it's a new day but it was it was close enough but it was just kind of like boom bum 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 and then he layered on top of that on top of that and by the end he was singing the the melody and That's nice. it sounded really cool. There was um there was a video posted yesterday of a woman doing um Everlong Foo Fighters mashed up with <laughs> something else I didn't know um and it was she looped it on guitar, bass, keyboards, and drums. And, um, it was clean, man. It was, it was really precise work. It was very nice. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, I think looping is a very cool, uh, thing. And there are certainly artists who it's their whole thing. Um, I would want to maybe just lay in some 
thumping and muted strums, you know, to, to just sort of sit in the background as I play over top of them, something like that. Yeah. I've done it a couple of different ways. Um, you know, it is pretty easy to set up like a, like a four bar loop Mm -hmm. of like a chord progression. If you wanted, like certain songs have like pretty iconic guitar leads that are, you know, kind of ingrained and you do need to, you know, kind of know them. And I'll either do, I'll either lay down the loop and play over them or sometimes I'll just sing them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, or whistle them, something like that. Yeah. I can't like I still haven't figured out the whole whistling into the microphone thing. Is it like an off axis thing? Yeah, you gotta no, have you some can't, room between can't whistle, the lips and the you can't whistle right into the capsule or you just get sound you just get air noise. Yeah, it's just, to, it's just you have to whistle past <laughs> it and let it pick up the yeah. 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 Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm opening with um high and dry radiohead. Mm-hmm. So to be able to hit that that um uh solo part. And what that implies is that I lay down the loop during the verse before it probably while I'm singing over top of it. So I got to make sure the vocal pedal can pick up a loop. That's just the guitar and not the vocals. I don't know quite how to configure that, but I'm I'm sure it can be done. Yeah. Either that, or again, you don't necessarily, you know, you don't have to follow the structure. The, the, the name of the acoustic game is, is to fill space and time. Um, So if you took like a single pass after the verse to do the solo and then played over it, I don't think anybody would, say anything that's true well that's and listen that's the other whole part of this is um you know uh with the clanky lincolns we we have had shows where we are wallpaper but but much more frequently we are the show we we command the attention we demand the attention we sort of won't let you not pay attention to us and that's part of part of our whole ethos um and so uh i predict that a solo acoustic performer you know, playing in a, at a party, like I'm going to be on Monday or, um, uh, probably more of what I'll be doing will be wallpapery than, than I, yeah. you know, than would be if I had the whole band there. Um, and that's fine. You know, it's just, it's a matter of probably what I, what I imagine. And again, I'm, you know, coming, coming to you to confirm this is mm-hmm. that there'll be moments of the show that I will build into something that grabs attention and then there'll be moments where it just won't be that. And that, you know, that'll be fine too. Yeah. I, my experience has been that um, your wallpaperness 100% depends on the group of people that are in the venue mm-hmm. that evening. Yeah. Um, it really just depends. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm going into this after I've done this particular gig a couple times before. Um, people are there to, to drink. And this is one of the few places in the area where you can smoke in a bar, um, which I'm not excited about, but other people are pretty stoked about being able to sit at the bar and smoke. Um, and that's more than likely what they will be doing. Um, there'll be lots of sitting and we might have people paying attention. You know, you might get that. My, My favorite is, you know, putting your heart and soul into a song and then hearing this in the background, just by itself, just. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I'm expecting. Right, right, right. Your 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 expression of trading notes for claps. It's a uneven trade. Yep. There, it is. Well, it can be. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's it's fine. You know, you're not. Um, I mean, it, there are a lot of ways for people to enjoy you that they don't necessarily, you know, have to be too demonstrative to to know that they're enjoying you. It's well, and that's the other thing is that you know it, it is it is up to the audience to, you know, to kind of set that tone and you can try and set the tone, but 
if they're not if they're not there with you, then you know you are going to be wallpaper, and yeah. you also kind of need to be okay with that. You do, and, and sometimes they'll surprise you. You know, last week um, we played the homecoming of our drummer's um, kids' high school, private Catholic high school, right? And um, we were out in the parking lot, and there was Smoking a lot of cigarettes. Happening. Uh, well, yeah, and that's uh, well, the parents were all around, so there was yeah. no sneaking cigarettes. But um, there were food trucks next to us, and like a, a mobile uh, rock climbing wall on the other side of the parking lot and all kinds of people tailgating. And we were playing um, good and loud. I had the whole thing cranked um, to cover this parking lot. And it sounded, mm-hmm. sounded really good. Um, but these are high school kids. So for the most part, they were way too cool to express enjoyment. Yep. <laughs> you know, it, all these kids like walking past us sort of giving us sort of a glance. And I'm playing, uh, we're, we did... Man, just like all the current ones, we did um, Shut Up and Dance. We did No Roots. We did, um, I can't even, uh, uh, the one that, you know, it gets teenage girls every time, um, Born This Way, uh, Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd have like the, it was really funny. It reminded me so much of my high school. We'd have two or three nerds, you know, like bop along with us or dance or yeah. the mascot came out and danced in front of us a couple of times, which was, which was fun. Um but like basically we were wallpaper and we knew it and it felt like we were wallpaper. We were kind of playing for ourselves. Um, but man, when the show was over, we were packing up the number of people who came up to us and asked for cards and told us they loved it. And I mean, it's just like that we got all of this amazing feedback at the end of the show when I would have said for the most part, we were maybe kind of a nuisance for people actually. Yeah. Um, uh, no, not at all. We were not at all a nuisance. They loved us. And um, we'll get, we'll get some, we're going to be in the, the PTA newsletter um, with contact information and stuff. So uh, I fully expect some follow-on gigs out of it. Uh, but boy, during the show, it really seemed like we were getting zero uptake from the audience. And you just kind of, you have to be good with that. You have to be, yeah. um, you got to be comfortable that you can't tell their enjoyment by how they look. Yeah. You know, it, it was one of the things that I, I had to kind of, I got some perspective this week about, you know, we, um, when we did the the fanny pack Friday thing this past week and, you know, attendance was down and money was kind of tight. And I was thinking, man, you know, something, you know, we didn't do something right or, you know, they didn't like it or whatever. But like the, the, the reality of the situation was, is that the people that were there loved it, mm-hmm. had a great time. Yeah. And one of the, one of the other things that's happened is, um, the, we had, uh, some people shoot video of the last fanny pack Friday event. Um, and he had shot some other, uh, videos as well. So I got all of that footage and I'm kind of slowly pouring through it and just seeing the crowd and hearing the reaction to stuff. Like there were things where, you know, you're so in your own head, you don't really know what's going on, but hearing it and seeing it objectively just from the camera, like, no, this, like they had a lot of fun. Like this was, this was worthwhile. This is a good idea. So it, it was a good reminder that, you know, what perception isn't always reality. From uh, from our end, absolutely. Um, well, that and keeping your head um, in the game when you know something potentially disappointing is happening in terms of turnout or crowd response. A very wise old public speaking coach of mine once said, "You want to you want to speak to the people who are there, not the ones who are not there." Right. Um, so whatever concern we, you got about who's not here, like that's just not helping you perform yeah. at this moment. We had a situation like that once. We uh, we we drove all the way up to Kiowa Island for a for a wedding, and it was at this beautiful hotel on the island. And um, there was like this beautiful outside place, and we were set up inside a ballroom, and we played to nobody all night long. 
because if you walked outside, there was the beach and the sunset and the wind was blowing and it was gorgeous and they could hear us. And when we were done, they said nice things and they wanted more. You know that thing where like people show up like 15 minutes before your set's over and then they're like, oh, why do you have to leave? Yeah, You're yeah. like, well, I've been doing this for three hours. Yeah, where have you been? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the, the, the real reality was was that two of our guys had to drive back immediately after the gig because they had Sunday morning um, church gigs. Yeah. So they were like, is there any way you can play longer? I'll pay you. And I was like, like literally no. Um, that that kind of stunk. But. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. So yeah, I, I'm I'm fully prepared to. De- well, actually, the other thing that I've got to I've got to figure out, and um, this may not register for uh, for your gig, is what am I going to wear? Mm. Um, mostly because again, it's a smoking bar, and it's like, what clothes w- am I willing to subject to? <laughs> right. Just complete rank stinkiness. Right. right. And I don't know if you can hear my voice. I've got a little bit of a congestion situation. So uh, I'm hoping that if, as long as I stay hydrated, I'll be able to uh, make not quacky, honky noises yeah, all evening. Stay away from dairy. <clears throat> Indeed. Yeah. So I think it's time, Dan. It, episode 25. I mean, we've been teasing it long enough, haven't we? I think so. So we have been talking about this off and on pretty much for every single episode that we've done. Um, and, and I think it's time to go ahead and, and open the floodgates. And uh, we'd love to hear your input as well. Uh, we've gotten a couple of these previously, um, but I think it, we, we well, I don't think, I would definitely love to yeah. hear more. So we are going to talk about our gigs from heck. And in case and you I've haven't got, been around before, we try to check the... Uh, clean language button when we submit this so it's the you know yes heck is spelled with two l's but it's pronounced heck yes we are a family friendly yeah. bunch though i can't even get my wife to listen to this so <laughs> my wife listened to one episode and called me a nerd and that was about it yep yeah. sounds about right so uh would you like to to do yours first or would you like me to i actually to do have mine? two and okay. one is from way back. So back in high school, mm-hmm. I started, um, co-started uh, the first student band. The, the, the school had a rock band that was the school's. And the drummer of that and I started our own band and started uh, doing some, it was about half covers and half originals. And uh, we played school events mostly we had a very you know one of those like young hip librarians who uh once a month had us play in the library at lunchtime uh, which is very fun and you know a good chunk of the school would come for it uh and um so we were we got a a booking to play a performing arts night at the school and um Looking back now, I suspect that the music teacher didn't love that we existed because um, most of them yeah, don't. Because um, we were, we were. Uh, um, I think he, I think he just felt like we competed with the school's band in a way that he didn't like. Um, mm-hmm. So, one of the things that happened when, whenever we had a slot in a performing arts night at the school, was we never got a sound check, like ever. The the school band did and um you know choir had time to warm up and the 
the concert band had time to warm up and I was in both of those too. Uh, but mm-hmm. my band never got to even plug in before showtime. And so, um, one of our very first gigs, there was this unstoppable feedback coming through my mic that we just couldn't, I mean, and we're live in front of audience and had no chance yeah. to, to, you know, examine this beforehand. And so by the end of the show, I have taken my mic and moved back upstage away from the mains um, so far that I'm basically up against the back curtain. And uh, there were no monitors in this rig either. It was all all front of house. Of course not. Because um, it's a high school rig. So I, I'm now way back in the back and can't hear anything and didn't know any better at the time. I didn't really I had no idea what a good monitoring environment was or would be like. The existence of monitors was not a thing I was aware of. Um, so my singing was terrible, and we never got the feedback under control. And basically, the whole show was about like the audience covering their ears. It was it was uh, dire, and I was glad we only had time for three songs because like uh, yeah. and and um, uh, man, I walked off stage madder than I've ever walked off stage. It was really it was really brutal. Yeah, a rough one. And you know it was good to knock it out early. We had some, we had some really great shows with our own system, uh, and uh, um, but that one was definitely formative in terms of like, you just you got to plow through when things are going wrong on the stage. You just gotta find a way, man. You just gotta yeah. find a way. Well, the fact I mean it stuck with you from high school. I've got like a my my only real recollection from like a high school gig was there was you know before I really knew how to sing. Um, we were playing a show and, uh, I, I screamed, like I literally screamed my voice out. Oh, yeah. Like with three songs to go, like I went to go make a noise and nothing happened. Yeah. That was yeah, scary. That's not great. So what'd you do? Uh, I ran to the water fountain <laughs> and, uh, drank some water and, uh, creatively melodied my way through the rest of the yeah. set. Yep. I mean, one of the things that early, early music performance teaches you, I think, is that the show must go on. Uh, yeah. Cause, cause it must, <laughs> it must. Indeed. I saw, I saw a band, um, a few months ago, um, where in the middle of a song, the guitarist just stopped everything and said, I'm sorry, my, my guitar got screwed up. I can't, I have to, I have to stop. And it was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Are you like, yeah. what? And now I see that band on their social media. I haven't seen them play yet, but um, that guy's not with them now. So hmm. I've had to do it. Like we've had some, a couple things where like technical stuff went wrong and, and there was no, there was no salvaging it, which sucks. Um, but it, yeah, if you, it, it should be avoided at all yeah. costs. Yeah. Yep. So that's one for me. What, what, what do you got gigs from Heckwise? So I've got, you know, other than the screaming so hard that my voice fell off, um, the one that that comes to mind is, it, and and it's not just like the worst gig of my life. It, it may have possibly been the worst night of my life. Um, we had a situation um, right when members was kind of like taking off, um, where we had a uh, we had a weekend of private events that were offered to us, and no one was available, and. Um, like literally I was the only person who could do it. And I should have said, I'm sorry, I can't get a lineup for these, but it was like five grand for the weekend. And I just, I couldn't turn it down. Um, so I went, I went to both of those gigs with all subs 
all subs. So sub guitar player, sub bass player, sub drummer, sub female vocalist. Like I was the only one. Um, and the anxiety behind it got the best of me on the Saturday night gig, which was at the, uh, the, the Fox theater, which is a very prestigious, uh, Atlanta venue. And, um, that was back when we had uh, liquor on our rider. Uh-huh. And the, the dinner that we got was not very substantial. And so I drank what I thought was a, uh, you know, a, an okay amount of alcohol. Um, and then I didn't have any for the rest of the night. Like after the second set, I didn't have any or anything like that. But um, after we loaded out, it, it became apparent that um, I, I didn't recall the first set at all. Um, I refer to it as I browned out. I didn't black out, yeah. but I browned out. Um, <laughs> and the worst part of it was um, we had the booking agency who did our, our stuff was actually providing production that night. So they, uh, they not only witnessed it, but they recorded Ooh. it. And so I had that entire set um, to painfully go back through. And um, it was... It was very sobering, and um, I fear that it probably cost us business with that agency mm-hmm. uh, afterwards. Sure. So after that happened, I um, I, <laughs> I took liquor off the rider mm-hmm. and um, kind of changed our approach to how we accept gigs and that kind of thing. And um, yeah, it was. Uh, th- this is not a a funny gigs from heck thing. It was it was oh, <laughs> it was a pretty severe. pretty uh, catastrophic uh, failure and. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, less of, yeah, lots of lots of teachable moments absolutely. in uh, in a gig like absolutely. that. So absolutely, yeah, and you know, I mean, the the <laughs> the point is to learn. <laughs> uh, yeah, I you know the 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 more recent gig from heck that that I can talk about was um, similar. I, you know, it was a gig I never should have taken. Um, it was a private party for the um, a Shriners Club in South Charlotte, and. They found us on uh, Thumbtack and approached us. Uh, mm-hmm. And one of the things about my Thumbtack profile is that I I have all our demos up. I have I try to make it really hard to not misunderstand who we are and what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turns out when some people say they want dance music, what they mean is they want swing and shag. <laughs> and not they want you know uh pop and rock and funk which is what we do and um so we got down there and the staff as they were kind of setting up the the head of the kitchen um came out to me and said you know you know these guys are old right <laughs> i said well i mean i kind of got the the you know the woman who booked me said the ages range from like 25 to 70 and she said well that might be true but i'd say the average is 70 (laughs) like well oh man okay so um so we started playing and it it was i mean the the degree of indifference we were met with was staggering um they it, it was clear within a couple of songs that we were just we were not the band that they wanted and um, yeah, we just stopped everything and kind of tried to regroup. Um, 
and switch over into kind of our slower stuff. But even that wasn't, they didn't want to slow dance. Um, we put some kind of swing feel behind some things and that also was not approved of. Um, at one point, and this, this had this, this moment had some lasting uh, repercussions. A, a woman came up to Justin cause he was the person nearest to where she could get him. We were playing on the floor in the corner of a ballroom and uh, she kind of grabbed his shirt and pulled him aside and said into his ear, why are you ruining all these songs? She said, do you know we're not enjoying this? Wow. And he, uh, he just, I mean, I, I was watching this interaction happen and I'm watching him get just furious. Um, I don't think he said anything to her. I think he just walked back over to the mic and, and um, we just, we, you know, ended the song we were playing. I don't remember what it was. And just like, just kind of called audibles for the rest of the night or tried to um, finished out the first set um, having, by the way, filled the floor with let's get it on. That was the one thing that <laughs> had any uptake at all. Uh, at the break, they did their traditional raffle <laughs> and after the raffle was over, pretty much all of these geezers cleared out. <laughs> uh, they stuck around to see if they won. And the winner was a happy person for their night and the rest were not. And they all bailed. Um, we had four or five people left after, after that break. And, you know, it's been like a whole dining room full of elderly folks. Um, and, uh, you know, I talked to the woman who hired us and said, you know, do you want us to, I mean, we, we, we can play more. And she kind of shrugs like, well, I mean, if you want to, <laughs> we all got to look at each other and say, do, do we want to? And, and I had, I, I will say I had a fairly proud band leader moment right then. You know, we end every show with purple rain. And yeah. I said, you know what? Hang on. No, we're just going to do purple rain. We're going to do purple rain for us. We're going to play purple rain. We're going to end the show with purple rain. Uh, and so we did, and we tore Purple Rain down, and the four people who were there all slow danced, and we actually ended the night feeling like us rather than us trying to adapt into something that's not us. Yeah. Um, so that was really that was really good. And then as we were packing up, um, the one who booked us was 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 there, and I you know I said I boy I really. Um, I'm not uh, you know I don't think this went the way you hoped and she said well you know i just wanted to mix it up i just wanted to, <laughs> i was like well <laughs> thanks for thanks for doing that i guess i just wanted to mix it up yeah she probably won't be mixing it up anyway. <laughs> no no i think i think hopefully she learned um you know one of the things that that venue does a lot of private private parties and weddings and things that we would mm -hmm. be a very appropriate band for so we left them a bunch of marketing materials and haven't heard a word I, you know would have been a super long shot to uh, sure. you know surely our name is mud there um you're not on the but, short list as they say no no i don't think we are um so uh you know and that that so that gig was almost 2 hours away um some of us spent the night in Charlotte, you know, got a hotel and spent the night. So it was like, it barely paid for itself. Mm -hmm. And it was the least, um, it was the, it was the, the most unwanted, <laughs> the most out of place and inappropriate we've, we've ever been. And, um, 
that interaction that Justin had really, um, I've had to work hard to get him even willing to consider doing private events since then. That really soured him on that and really um, left him with like really some, some anxiety about people's events and whether we're right for it and whether, you know, what the, you know, the stakes are of that and Mm -hmm. um, enough that I really, getting him to join us for the wedding we played a couple of months ago was tough. Like it, he yeah, had I remember to you really, saying that that was a thing that. It, yeah, it was. And, and it, and it was, it stemmed from that moment. Like he had no concern about it until that interaction, which like, so, you know, demoralized well, it, him. When it's such a pointed and I mean, if I'm being frank, like a mean thing to say yeah. to, him, to a person. Yeah. Yeah. Who's like here trying to, it's not like we're, here deliberately to ruin your night. Thank you very much. Right. Right. You know, we're not having a great time here either. We'd like to do something about that. And that piece of feedback is just super not helpful. So thanks. Sucks. Uh, It was brutal. Um, So I think I've got him one over. I think, I think that wedding changed his, changed his mind about it. So it was so, it's so fun. Great. Just so great. And, and, and we were so exactly what they wanted. Yeah. Um, so, but that one, that one had some impacts. And, you know, one of the things I learned is that I really need to, um, you, you know, it's important to vet your clients. Sometimes you're not a fit and, and you shouldn't, um, you know, just like you with, you know, when you had no band, like trying to make something happen that, that doesn't want to happen is, you know, probably a mistake. Yeah. We, um, one thing that we, that we do for, especially for weddings, um, as we send out that song list, like yeah. that's an, that's a, that is a, a way that like an event like that could have been headed off the pass. Oh, um, listen, no, I sent her a song list. She never responded to it. Oh, even better. So I should have, I should have like right there said, you know, I should have gotten her on the phone and gotten clear about, yeah, you know, expectations. Well, but again, why would you like it, it, you know, that it puts bad faith on the, uh, on the, the person throwing the event itself and, and um, you know, most of us don't go into agreements like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, in terms of like, Oh, I wanted to mix it up. That, let's be honest. There, there was some bad faith there. She didn't actually represent what the show was. Very yeah. Well. And, and now I have that in my pocket that I can actually say that to people. Like, you know, we've, we've been at, we've been at events that we were not the right band for. I just want to make sure we head that off. And I actually, I can, I feel like I can have that conversation now having had that experience in mm-hmm. a way that I didn't, I didn't even know it was a thing I needed to be aware of before. Yeah. So in you talking about that gig, I actually remembered another bad gig. So, uh, I'll go ahead and throw my second yeah. one in, in yeah, as yeah. well. Um, this one is bad for other reasons. Um, the band played fine. Uh, what, so this was for a, uh, and a, it, there's a there's this is South Georgia in a place called Cordial, which actually my wife has family down there and we we visit there all the time. And they have a, a little place called Lake Blackshear that has um, they have live bands. Uh, the last time we were down there, um, Exile was playing there. If you hmm. remember, do you know Exile? They're the uh, I want to kiss you all over and over and again band. Huh. All right. And uh, they were charging twenty five bucks a head to see Exile. Well, all right. Anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, so we were supposed to play down there. Um, pay wasn't great, but it was an excuse to go see family. So it was like, okay. And they said that there was, you know, uh, they'd give us a, a place to stay on at the resort. And, um, you know, it seemed like a fairly self-explanatory gig. Um, it was done on, it was covered, but it was like an open kind of like, 
it's it was kind of like a it was like a metal structure, but it and it was covered, but only on top. It wasn't covered on the sides. Mm-hmm. So we go there and we um, we first go to check out this our accommodations, which was literally like a cinder block shack in the middle of nowhere on this property. And we went in there and it stunk and there were bugs everywhere. And we were like, no, we're not staying here. Like the the beds were broken. Mm. It was like, you know, it was like Motley Crue had been there the night before. Um, <laughs> and every night before that, since this place opened. So we got that sorted out. They actually gave us a, a regular room, which was fine. Um, and we get set up and everything's good. We got sound check and everything's fine. And then it rained. And mm. it when I say it rained, it poured. And we were going through a third party um, who didn't have our contract written down. But by when it was all said and done, um, our gear was okay, but there was literally standing water on the stage mm-hmm. and holes in the stage for that matter. Um, and we were like, we're not going on. And the manager's like, yes, you are. And so we went back and forth about that whole deal. And while this is happening, um, it's peak mayfly season. Ooh. And I don't know if you know what mayflies are, um, but if you live anywhere near like a coastal waterway or, you know, bodies of water in the South. There are these horrific bugs and they're attracted to light. And guess what stages are covered with? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there were just, there were mayflies all over everything, all over the drums, all over the lights, all over everything. So um, they get the stage dried off and we played like a protracted set. Um, but like everything's covered in bug guts and, it was 95 degrees at like 10 p.m. with like 100% humidity. It was just miserable. And half of the guys were like, we're not staying. They just got in the car and left. And then we stayed but had to get up really early to get back for something else. So it was like we got three hours of sleep and then drove back. And it's just like, ugh. It was not my favorite. And then we – um. <laughs> our our agent guy was like, hey, how'd that gig go? I was like, not good. And um, they're like, yeah, we're probably not going to ask any of our other acts to um, to go down there again. Yeah. So we were the, we were the uh, the ones <laughs> with the distinction of being <laughs> the last everybody. one from that agency. No, yeah. they're like I said, Exile played there. Um, yeah. Well, and and they've actually like since then they've actually they built an actual stage and it's a the production's a bit better, but oh, that's good. It's like a three hour drive, um, and. You know, now Convoy played there once and uh, went over like gangbusters. Hmm. Uh, other than the fact that we were doing that exact same show in three piece suits, um, which was a hot, sweaty mess. But man, yeah. they loved it. I bet. So, but yeah, I, I mean, there's still Mayfly guts on our Rubik's Cubes. Um, it's just, yeah, it's yeah. gross. Yeah. 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 Well, there you go. Gigs from heck. Gigs from heck. You know, you're going you're gonna to have a gig enough. You'll have gigs from heck. It's true. Well, um, like I said, last time we, uh, I challenged you to uh, share this with your bandmates and for those bandmates to share it with their bandmates, and um, it worked. So I will uh, extend that challenge. Um, continue to share this, uh, this podcast with, the, with your friends, and we've got a nice little backlog of, uh, of topics and conversations to have. And... Um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, hit us up at coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. We'd love send to us, get your input. Send us in your gigs from heck. We'll read them. Yes. Um, we've done a couple before, and we will continue to do so. Um, I remember like 
when I was little, my um, my sister would get Seventeen magazine, and none of it was like worth anything except for like this one section, which was called Trauma Rama, <laughs> which was just teenage girls sending in embarrassing stories about themselves, and that uh, was like I would like sneak into her room and steal those just to read them. Uh, um, so it is it is compelling uh, <laughs> compelling entertainment. So well, it's, and, and always something to learn, right? So yeah, totally. Uh, plus, we'll we'll plug the heck out of your band. So yeah, absolutely. If you want to hear your band, you can. Like I said, we will for a nominal fee, we will say whatever you want us to say about your band, and then you can say that cover band confidential, you know, yeah. you can put that on your website. You bet. <laughs> X band is the most generous lovers. Um, give the best back rubs. That's right. The best grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah. Whatever it takes. So that's gonna do it for us. I'll go ahead and call it from Atlanta, Georgia. I am Adam Johnson. Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Dan Ray. And you have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 25. Mm -hmm. Have a good week.